This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show joining you every morning at 8am UK time. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a fantastic week. You've made it to the weekend. Congratulations. Plenty of football coming your way, of course, today and with Arsenal returning in their Premier League clash against Chelsea tomorrow. There's plenty to whet your appetites ahead of what is going to be a pretty barren six weeks for Arsenal. Maybe. We are going to be going into the delves of transfer news, of course, with the January transfer window fast approaching. And of course, we'll be looking more into Arsenal's players that are away in Qatar, as well as potential transfer targets that are out there as well. There's still plenty of loan players that will be operating across Europe as well to keep an eye on. So don't you worry. There'll be plenty of Arsenal news for us to cover whilst that is going on. But we've got a week left this weekend, midweek. And next weekend, and then it all comes to a close as European football uh, or global domestic football ends and international football begins in what is a very strange season. Good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Matt G, good morning to you, to Steve Stone, to Jose, to Red Star, Rancid Pumpkin, Paul, Black Shine and Yummy. Good morning to all of you. Hope you've had a great week and everybody else, of course, in the chat box as well. I hope those of you that are joining us on Spotify, iTunes, other audio-only platforms are also enjoying the shows. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please do drop a like on the video. Leave a kind review and a five-star one, if you will, because uh, it really does help us out. Let's uh, first of all tell you that this prize that we talked to first of all about yesterday, which is our Gabrielle Martinelli signed custom-framed Arsenal shirt, uh, is going very fast. Uh, so you haven't got long to get involved with this. It was just gone up yesterday. 129 tickets of the 199 have already been sold. Uh, so there is still time left for you not to miss out. 395 a ticket, 199 tickets available. As I say, 125 have been sold. Within those 199, there is the chance to win an instant prize of a signed Alexander Zinchenko shirt, a signed 
Granite Xhaka framed Arsenal montage and some credit for future prizes as well. Make sure you get involved and don't miss out. Uh, you can go and watch our, I don't know why that says Arsenal Zurich, <laughs> but you can go and watch our Arsenal against Chelsea preview, which will be on your screens very so shortly. Um, it won't be because actually I can't change it, but you can go and watch the Arsenal Zurich preview if you like, but you know what happens in the one, but you can go and watch our Arsenal Chelsea preview, which we recorded yesterday evening. Uh, the train strike that was set to uh, disrupt games uh, in midweek, especially Arsenal's games against Brighton, has been suspended, which means that you should be able to get to the games. Now, however, do not take my words as a gospel. Please do check with your local travelling agencies and authorities about how and where your travel systems are running. But the RMT train strike has been suspended, and so therefore... Uh, it should mean that you, well, we should have a good crowd, basically, at a game where initially it looked like we weren't going to have a good crowd. So do, as I say, check your travel arrangements before you set off. If you are planning on going to the Arsenal-Brighton game in the Cowbell Cup on Wednesday. So there you go on that one. Uh, Antonio Conte has prepared Spurs fans for the worst. Now, you might go, Tom, this is Spurs news. Why are you talking about this? Well, Look at the headline. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm talking about it. Speaking ahead of the weekend, Conte said, I don't know what the club will do in January, but life will always be more difficult in England in the future as many clubs will spend big money. It's better to be honest, to, to tell the truth to the fans. It's what he said, always. Uh, isn't it nice when Spurs fans are just prepared for the worst by their manager, who is clearly just so checked out of Spurs at this point? He knows that he's going to move on. He knows he's going to get a job somewhere where they're going to allow him to spend a lot more money than is currently available to him at Tottenham Hotspur, whilst Arsenal he looks at at the top of the table, hopefully going into a January transfer window where we're going to be able to spend money and reinforce and strengthen the team. Uh, Mohamed Elneny spoken specifically about Abamia and about kind of the uh, the difference that has been made since Abamyang left the Arsenal dressing room. Uh, he was asked about kind of the uh, what it was like seeing Aubameyang join Chelsea. He says, now we just focus on ourselves. Aubameyang was one of our players and now he decided to go to a different team. Now we focus on ourselves and we look to win the game. He was then asked whether or not Mikel Arteta basically ousting Aubameyang as captain allowed himself to truly be established as the Arsenal head coach. And he said 100%. Now everyone looked at themselves because Mikel did that to the captain of the team. What is he going to do with another player? This showed that now we can't play around. Now we have to be calm with the team and the way the team is going. We have to stick with this team. Do not do something different. Uh, and lastly, uh, you know, he was very much talking about uh, the dressing room and what it's been like and the fact that, you know, there's lots of young players in the team. And he said, we don't allow big egos. This is the dressing room we have now. Everyone loves each other and everyone works for each other. This is what makes our squad really strong because we don't have egos in the team. Mm, no wonder there were any egos before uh, that have now been removed from the squad. Uh, I think that he's very honest. He's very uh, determined and ambitious, is Mohamed Elneny. He was the only one I remember actually speaking about Arsenal as potential title challengers before the season started. If you remember the game in Nuremberg in Germany, Elneny did an interview in which he actually said Arsenal are going to be looking at the title this season. And I don't remember anyone else 
talking about that before the season began. So he's got his eyes set. He knows what this squad is capable of. And it's good to see him talking about that. And he's a really important person for the team. I know that people say that we should have moved on from him. Um, and, you know, we are going to have to do that eventually. And we are going to have to bring in a, a new player. But what I would say is that the, you get very few players that are so important to the dressing room that are happy to do as they're kind of given minutes in a way. Like he's not constantly knocking on the manager's door saying, I want to play more. He accepts that there are players ahead of him in the pecking order, but he also accepts that when he plays, he has to give his absolute 110%. And you'd have to say that he does that when he does play. I've, I really like Mohamed Elneny and I think that he's been a very important part of the Arsenal squad over the last few years. And I hope at least we can see him play a few more times in a really positive way for the Gunners before this season ends and his contract finishes. I think there is an extension option for another year, but we'll have to wait and see if Arsenal indeed decide to take that up. Now, David Ormstein has been talking about Reese Nelson's contract situation over on The Athletic. He says, uh, and despite not being able to give too much information out about it, he says that he's, you know, in short, heard nothing regarding a potential renewal However, there are indications, of course, we know that Reese Nelson wants to sign a brand new contract. He came out after the game against Nottingham Forest and said he wants to stay at Arsenal. He now needs to basically prove himself and for Arsenal to then offer him one. But there's no indication that Arsenal are planning on offer here, offering him a new contract as of yet. If anything changes, of course, we will bring that news to you. But you can go and watch David Ornstein and have a chat about Reese Nelson over on The Athletics. YouTube channel. Uh, and our headline story of the day, uh, Arsenal have been linked significantly with Frankfurt attacking midfielder and wide playmaker Jesper Lindstrom. Now, Frankfurt have agreed a deal to sign Paxton Aronson, who is a 19-year-old attacking midfielder. You can see where this is going. Uh, with them signing this player, it does, of course, open up the opportunity for a team to potentially come in and sign Jesper Lindstrom. And as I mentioned, Arsenal have been significantly linked with the Danish international who can play as an attacking midfielder, can play as a forward eight. He can play as a left-sided player, can play as a right-sided player. He would bring a lot of versatility. I do have a lot of questions, though, about this specific profile. The reason for that is because with Emil Smith-Rowe returning in January, with having Fabio Vieira and Odegaard, I'm not sure whether or not Jesper Lindstrom is the type of forward-related player um, that I would have expected Arsenal to go for. Uh, I think that Willie's links are genuine. I think there is a genuine interest in the player from Arsenal, but I do kind of expect Arsenal to be, or rather I was hoping Arsenal to expect to be more focusing towards a wide player that's more of a natural winger. So I think that that's where Arsenal's head should be. They're certainly being linked heavily with, as we know, Mikhailo Mudrik, and we expect a potential move may be made for him in the future. We'll have to wait and see. But we'll have to wait and see whether or not Jesper Lindstrom appears to be a player that will now move on, considering that Frankfurt have signed already their like-for-like -like replacement of, as I say, the Danish international. So Paxton Aronson, one to keep an eye on, as Frankfurt have agreed a deal for him. We'll have to see if this changes anything in the future. And that does complete all of today's stories. As I say, you can go and watch our preview of the Arsenal-Chelsea game for tomorrow on the channel. We recorded that last night. But we are going to move now to part two and your questions in the chat box right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's see what you guys have been having a quick chat about. Manu says, whatever happened to Grilich? Uh, of course, Grilich was a player who had a contract expire in the summer. He went to Ajax, I believe. I don't know how much he's played for Ajax since he moved. Let's have a quick check. He's played four Eredivisie games and five Champions League games, totaling 208 minutes across those nine games. So he's averaging about 11-odd minutes a game, <laughs> which isn't a lot, you know, and... A lot of people thought that he would come in and be, you know, a depth option for us. I suppose considering the fact that Mohamed Elneny was injured, there would have been some benefit to having him in the squad. But to sign a player like him up to a two, three-year contract, I don't think would have made too much sense. I think he ended up signing for, was it two years with Ajax? Having a quick check. Uh, Contract expires. It was a one-year contract with an option for a further two years on top of that if they want to extend it. So I suppose it would have been fairly risk-free in a way to sign him, but he's not played all that much for Ajax, who will, of course, be dropping down into the Europa League. So maybe he'll play more there. But that's what's happened to Florian Grilich, a name that was being mentioned quite significantly more so in the summer. Uh, Bulgarian Gunnar says, Arteta is learning from big vengs, stocking up on technical playmakers. Is that what is happening with potentially the signing of Jester Lesper Lindstrom, if indeed Arsenal decide to push through with their interest? I'm not sure whether or not that is the right way forward. I would like Arsenal to go out and sign a more natural winger than another kind of playmaker. But who's to say that any other attacking option, you know, it's not a benefit to Arsenal to have more of them. Uh, Babatundi says, uh, top four is the aim. Title challenge is a bonus and exceed expectations. Whatever happens end season between the two plus a cup is a successful one. What do you think, T? Uh, You know, for me, as I said at the start of the campaign, qualification for the Champions League is the minimum the absolute minimum. There isn't, for me, any excuse unless there is some significant and major injury problems throughout the squad between now and the end of the season that would justify Arsenal not getting a Champions League qualification spot, be that through the Europa League or be that through the Premier League. But for me, the way in which we've started the season, we should absolutely be aiming to try and finish as high up the table as possible with our game tomorrow against Chelsea. If we win, and it is an if, we can go 13 points clear of the Blues, which is just unthinkable in November for what has been, you know, such a great start. And people go, well, you know, these teams aren't looking that great this season. But is it actually more so that we've just been pretty great? And I think we have, you know, we're ahead of Man City, who, you know, for most people's thoughts are the Champions League favourites, they're still the Premier League favourites. So let's not downplay what we've done this season. Arsenal are where they are because they deserve to be there because of the hard work put in in the summer by Arteta to Edu. And of course, the fantastic performance of the players that we've been able to bring in on the most part. So let's not play that down. Let's enjoy where we are. And hopefully we can head towards some fantastic higher potential targets later on in the season. 
Uh, Rancid Pumpkin says, what's your thoughts on Nico Williams of Bilbao? Uh, Nico Williams. Uh, whenever someone says Nico Williams, it makes me think of uh, Nico Williams, who plays for uh, uh, Nottingham Forest. But uh, Nico Williams, who uh, plays for uh, Athletic Club rather than Bilbao. Uh, <laughs> trust me, when you speak to any Athletic Club fans and anyone says Athletic Bilbao, it's rather frustrating for them. Uh, so Athletic Club, uh, currently a winger, right winger. Uh, how old is he? 20. He has got three goals, four assists in 13 La Liga games in only 993 minutes, uh, which is pretty impressive. Can't say I've seen too much of him. I used to be a very, very significant and regular watcher of La Liga. But with obviously my job and focusing so much more on Arsenal, I've not been able to uh, give myself the time to watch as much La Liga. It also used to be really accessible to watch La Liga on, on Sky Sports. It isn't anymore, which makes things very frustrating when you're trying to watch other football. Um, but I haven't seen too much of him, Nico. But he's got some good numbers and a very, very young age still. One to keep an eye on, one to add to the list. Uh, let's go to Byron, who says, is our transfer policy in January determined by our position in the table? Or will Kroenke and co give Arteta the cash to spend regardless? We need to add depth regardless of where we are. I don't think it's I don't think it's massively affected in terms of what we were planning to do. I think that they will see where we were in the league either if we were outside the top four as a need to strengthen because we need to fight our way back or if we're in the within the top four as we are of a place to reinforce that and to capitalize on a great opportunity that we have this season to go as far as we feasibly can up the table. I think that the cash were, has been made available. I think that KSC, the ownership, have shown that they are willing to invest money and that they are willing to allow the club that they own. So any money that we do spend is an investment by the ownership because the club's money is their money now at this point. So I do think there is a willingness to spend. I think we've shown that with the amount of money we've spent in the last few years since 2018. We absolutely need to add, but we also know that Arsenal will only sign players that they think are good enough to be in the squad. And that's not a bad thing. You know, you want your team to be diligent. You want your team to be targeted with the way in which they approach transfer options. And I have faith that they will indeed do that in January. Uh, GGT Refuse says, Tom, what are your thoughts on the Aubameyang Chelsea promotional advert? It's a little bit cringe. It puts more pressure on Chelsea, which is never a bad thing. Um, and I reckon BT Sport were buzzing to get that as well. Because, <laughs> you know, as soon as you get Aubameyang saying that, it's great. Um, yeah. It's fair to say that, uh, you know, Mikel Arteta was asked about that in his pre-match press conference, but didn't particularly care, as as expected. Uh, Raul says, Tom, how much max will you spend on Mudrik if you're giving the decision uh, to sign him? Probably 50, 60 million euros. So you're looking around 40 to 50 million pounds. He probably is worth that. Um, so I think that's probably what you'd have to go and spend if you want to go and get Mudrik. I wouldn't spend the 100 million euros that's supposed to be the asking price. And I think obviously that that 60 million euros would be structured and there would be significant add-ons involved in that deal to make it 60 million. But uh, yeah, I think he is worth a really large amount of money now. And he's done that to his value from performances, not just, of course, in Ukraine or in the international stage, but in the Champions League. He's been absolutely brilliant. Um, Freddie says, how, how many years left on Saliba's contract? Uh, to my understanding, he has one year left at the end of this season and there and there is an option to extend it by a further year. That's my understanding of the situation. So 2023, option to 2024. Uh, Hass says, what positions do you think we need to sign that's a necessity to maintain our run to the title? A, for a versatile forward player and a central midfielder that can play as a six 
and an eight. Uh, Carl says, surely the title is the aim. Falling short, which is not for failing, uh, gives an alternative of top four. The title is always going to be what Arsenal are looking to. The aim of the club is to win the Premier League title, always. But when you look in closed seasons at the start of the campaign, the target, you know, the aims and targets, I think, are different. Targets are kind of your expectation. Aims are what is the long-term aim? What are we hoping to achieve in the future? Title has always got to be the aim of Arsenal, absolutely. But the target had to be Champions League qualification this season with the aim of pushing on toward Arsenal becoming title challengers. If we can try and compete this season, amazing. I would absolutely love that. But I'm not going to undermine what would potentially still be a great season if we didn't win the title, you know, just because we didn't get there. But still getting Champions League football for next season was always the next step of Arsenal. Uh, And so therefore, it was going to be a great option if we were able to do that. Uh, let's go to Mohamed. He says, hi, Tom. Arsenal are interested in Villarreal winger Alex Buena. Have you heard anything about him? No, sorry. I've heard nothing on Alex Buena. Uh, we were also interested in Jeremy Pino of Villarreal. That didn't turn into anything either. So, uh, yeah, those links to the Spanish league and those players seem to come up and pop up quite regularly without too much genuine substance. So always worth keeping an eye on that and being a bit careful around those ones as well. Uh, Fuad says, Tom, what's your thoughts on the World Cup? Personally, I think it's a farce uh, and a death zone, which sums up FIFA having the last uh, having having the last two hosts being Russia and Qatar. It's mad. Yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. I don't know if anyone has seen the um, Have I Got News For You clip uh, of Gary Neville being uh, rather grilled. And I have to agree uh, with the position. You know, if... If if you are, as Gary Neville talks about, that against the Qatar World Cup, why are you going out and working there? That You have to ask that question. Like, if you are that opposed to it, it, there is a contradiction there. There is a contradiction. Is it hypocritical of me to watch the World Cup if I am against it being held there? Is that hypocritical? It's an interesting point of discussion. I'd love to know your thoughts in the comment section. I'd love to know if you're going to watch it or not based upon how you view the situation over there but it is ridiculous and it is some horrific things that have happened out there unfortunately so one to keep an eye on one to keep aware of and certainly educate yourself as well on certainly worth the reading Uh, t says next season which iconic oasia would you want adidas to recreate which iconic Oasia? You know, there's this really iconic Oasia. It's like black and it's got like the AFC kind of... Oh, hold on. That's this season's. I want to... Re- Let's just wear that one again. Let's just... Yeah, does that, that work for you? I think we should just wear the away kit for this season again. Maybe we can take the AFC kind of style and embed that in the home shirt for next... Oh, that's an option. Like the sleeves. And you know, because you have to keep the bulk red. So what you do is you keep the bulk red... And then the AFC is like, it's not block AFC. It's like the outlines are the little white borders. That could be over the home shirt. And then you have like the red block AFCs on the sleeves. Oh, if I was a graphic designer, I'd love to know what that would look like. If you are a graphic designer and want to try and put that together. I mean, when I'm talking about the AFC thing, I'm talking about 
this AFC. If you look around the edge of the screen now and on audio platforms, you'll have a clue. If you've got the away shirt, go look at it. But that AFC kind of detailing on the away shirt, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'd love to see that on the home shirt. That'd be great. <laughs> but that's an iconic. Is that not an iconic kit? The other one, of course, I think is uh, the yellow and blue, you know, away shirt. I love to see yellow and blue come back. You know, obviously the the, the, the Invincibles away shirt. We did that in 2013, 14 as well. We had a similar shirt when we signed Meza Ozil. I love it when we had that that yellow and blue. That was great. Um, so yeah, potentially a gold and blue JVC kit uh, says T. Potentially that's an option. Uh, so there you go. Uh, there's lots of iconic kits in the past that Arsenal could try and recreate. Uh, Manu says I really like the Puma home shirt with the black stripe in the middle. Uh, you know, for me. Puma never really made too many good ones, if, if 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 any, really. I'm so glad we're not with Puma anymore, Manu. I'm just I'm so happy that uh, we're not with them because <laughs> they just didn't create that great a kit, to be honest, at all. Uh, let's go to Hassad Hassad again, who says, uh, "Tom, for the winger position, there's no one better than Zaha. He's just class." Uh, a 25 to 30 million pound bargain and Premier League experienced. A no-brainer transfer. I wouldn't describe it as a no-brainer transfer. A number of reasons why I wouldn't describe it as a no-brainer transfer. One, first of all, is if you're investing 25 to 30 million pounds in a player with just six months left on his contract, who does turn 30 in just five days' time, but he is 29 until he turns 30. Uh, it's an investment on a player that's going to cost big in terms of wages and who is naturally going to be producing performances that are going to be on the downturn. He's also been at a club where he is able to stand out and shine. And because of that, there is no guarantee that that would be able to be recreated at Arsenal. I just have, you know, if it was a one-year contract, I might be up for seeing it, especially if we aren't able to, say, go out and sign a Mudrik. But if you're going to start investing 25 to 30 million quid in a player with six months left on his contract, I wouldn't describe that as a no-brainer at all. And I would lean certainly toward it not being a no-brainer if that's what you're going to invest in a player with just six months left on his deal. Uh, Hass says, how did you end up supporting Arsenal? Uh, family reasons. Uh, my granddad, who passed away before I was born, uh, my nan told me about him being an Arsenal fan. So I took it from there. Uh, and yeah, uh, I didn't get to my first Arsenal game until I was about 18 because just couldn't afford to go when I was younger. Uh, my dad's uh, a Gillingham fan. And it was his dad who was also kind of, he had Arsenal and Gillingham in his blood. And, and yeah, I ran with it from there. Uh, did go watch a lot of Gillingham games when I was younger because, of course, it was, you know, nearby and, and cheap to go and watch. So football's always been a huge part of my life. But Arsenal have always been the team. The first, the game I remember most, like from my youth, which I would have been, to make people feel really old, 10 years old when the 2005 FA Cup final against Man United, in which we drew nil-nil and Vieira scored the penalty. One of my earliest memories uh, really standing out in my mind was when Dennis Bergkamp headed the ball onto his own crossbar to clear. And it was in that moment that I realised we're going to win this. Like We haven't deserved to win this FA Cup final for the entire thing. As soon as Dennis Bergkamp headed onto the crossbar to clear a ball away, it's like, yeah, that that's the moment. That's the moment. Uh, Manu says, as a Belgian, I actually started supporting Arsenal because of Vermaelen, as it was my first shirt. It's a really nice link. I love it when I hear about stories of uh, fans from abroad who have seen an Arsenal player move somewhere and so they've, you know, taken on the club. I think that's big. And I think that's why, that you know, there is things as commercial signings. I don't think Vermaelen was one of those. I think, you know, Park Chu Young, remember him? 
think that certainly was one of those signs that we made because of the the benefits from a commercial standpoint. And you know, in a way, like if you if you are you know, of uh, a nationality or a player that joins Arsenal and you want to support Arsenal because of that, fair play to you. You know, you support who you want to support. Don't let people tell you you can and can't support. If you live nowhere near North London and want to support Arsenal, you know, do it. You might get a little bit of banter, especially we give a lot of banter to Man United fans that live in London. Of course, it's just part of football. It's just part of, you know, fandom. It's what happens. But ultimately, I'm never going to have qualms with someone who supports a team for whatever reason they support that team for. It's your choice, your life. You do what you want. Don't let anyone criticise you for it. Uh, James says, would signing a player like Nkunku have a negative or positive effect on Jesus? In your opinion, does he need to feel the main man? It's a good question. I think that Jesus has had some, you know, he's realised some freedom at Arsenal knowing he's the starting player. But from an Arsenal perspective, we always should be pushing to reinforce, to create competition, to push players. So I wouldn't be against signing someone like him, although I think Chelsea are pretty far along, unfortunately, with the Christopher Nkunku deal. Uh, let's go to Northampton Guna, who says, uh, I'm Mudrick links. I wouldn't touch him for the ever-growing 50 to £60 million pound price range. There are better developed players around, in my opinion. I'd like to see us push for Liao, but no, he's very expensive. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 50 to £60 million for Mudrick. You're talking £80 million plus, potentially, for Rafael Liao. So I agree with you regarding, you know, I'd rather Liao, personally, because I think he's better and more versatile. He could play centre-forward as well as a winger, but he is going to be more expensive. But who knows? He's got a contract situation that doesn't seem to be as easy to sort out as maybe what it once was thought it might be. So maybe we'll be able to get someone like Liao. That would be great. You know, If Arsenal can really pull off a big signing in January, what a big boost that would give us in that winter window. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um, let's go to Rancy Pumpkin, who says, uh, I support Arsenal because of the group stage back in 2006. Arsenal came to my hometown and played FC Tun. What an amazing story. I love hearing things like that. That's great. Fair play to you. Uh, Quincy says, Mudrick is a talented... Oh, by the way, before I go on to another comment, one thing that really bugs me, really bugs me, um, and if you're a listener and you do this, uh, you're not going to like me saying this, it really bugs me when anyone says that they're more of a fan of someone else because they either go to games or they've watched every game this season or, you know, they've got a season ticket. You know, you're no more of a fan than anyone else. If you if you call yourself an Arsenal fan, you're an Arsenal fan. You know, and just because someone can and is blessed and is fortunate enough to go to all the games, I, I'm, get, I'm very fortunate at the moment being able to go to as many Arsenal games as I am. And I don't consider myself more of a fan than someone halfway around the world. Let's say, like Mike in Perth, one of our members. Am I no? Am I more of? He's been supporting Arsenal longer than me. You know, is he more of a fan than me because he supported Arsenal longer than me? No. Am I more of a fan than him because I go to games? No. All fans. It's. Oh, why do people care? Like, why, why? Why do people actually care that much about going? Oh, well, you know. Have you ever seen those Twitter debates where go where someone goes? I bet they've never even been to a game. So bloody what? So what if they've never been to a game? Their opinion's as valued as yours is. Like, it's mad to think that that ever gets brought up in conversation. It's sad because, you know, and this isn't like an attack because I certainly held that opinion. I certainly, when I was young, used to think, well, you know, if I was ever chatting to someone on social media, if I was chatting to someone that lived elsewhere that couldn't go to games, I was like, well, have you even been to a game? Have you even watched them this season? So I'm guilty in it. But I'm, you know, grown up enough to turn around and say, you know, that opinion was wrong. I was wrong for holding that opinion. Don't hold that anymore. You're as much as a fan as anyone else. If you want to support a team, go support a team. You know, if you want to change a team, I wouldn't personally do it. Go and do it. You know, it's your life. You do what you want to do with it uh, within the realms of 
what is, you know, morally right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it really bugs me when people say that. There you go. There's Mike in Perth. Well said, Tom. And this community, great as well. All welcome. Absolutely. Maybe you just become an Arsenal fan this year. Maybe you just become an Arsenal fan this weekend and you're tuning into the channel for the first time. You're as welcome as the first subscriber that the channel ever got. Uh, that's why we read the comments of members. It's why we read the comments of non-members. You know, I don't discriminate between people who have a membership. What I will say I sometimes am very unconsciously aware of doing is if I see names in the chat box that I recognize because they pop up a lot, I think, what's the word I'm looking for? Subconsciously, I may lean towards picking those questions. It's not intentional. It's just the way my brain works. <laughs> so apologies if you ever feel like I'm never reading out your comments or questions. It's certainly not intentional. Um, but yeah, I, I really try and read through as many comments from as many different people as I can in the chat boxes. Uh, the Walking Man says, 100% agreed. Fans all over the world are still fans. I grew up in London, but still only been to the Emirates once. Doesn't make me less of a fan. Absolutely. Steve says, I'm a 45-year-old armchair fan. Only ever seen Arsenal live five times. Uh, Harvey says, many of us live in other countries and too expensive to go and watch the games. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's just one of my bugbears, really. I just hate it whenever I see anyone having a debate on Twitter and they're like, have you ever been to a game? So what? So what if they've not been to a game? It doesn't matter. They might know more about football than you do. You know, it's, it's mad. It's mental that that ever gets talked about. Uh, Janesh says, I got access to watching Premier League games in India in the early 2000s. Man United fans were all around and I wanted a rival to do well. I used to like Leeds as well, but stuck with Arsenal. Um, I remember when I was younger, like I used to, I used to like my other when I used to like watch other teams. It used to be Man City. Like I used to watch Man City with Samaras and be like, "Oh, I hope Man City do well." And now I hate them. <laughs> no, like, it's just funny how things were. And you're always younger. You always watch other teams. It'd be like if you ever played FIFA and you're like, "Right, you can't use the team you support because that's now boring." So who else are you going to go to? I remember using Man City with Samaras up front. Um, and Stephen Ireland in midfield scoring long shots from range. You know, it's just little things like that. Support teams who you want to support, follow who you want to support. You know, I followed Rebel Salzburg for a long time just because I really enjoy seeing kind of the development of the young players coming through. Do what you want to do. Simple as that. Anyway, that was a nice end. That was a nice little topic to finish today's morning show. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, with the last one. Will I be back tomorrow morning? I think so. Yeah, I oh no i won't be the reason why i'm not doing a show tomorrow morning is because we've got a midday kickoff in the chelsea game which means that i actually start work at eight so i'm not going to be able to do the morning show tomorrow in reaction to that i might i probably will end up doing a show in the evening um so we will not have a morning show tomorrow so i will leave a, a comment in the in the community tab but there won't be a show tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. because we've got a 12 midday kickoff, which means I start work at 8 a.m. So I can't do the show. But what I will do is, of course, there will be a match reaction show over on the Arsenal way, which I'll be doing. And then I will do a reaction to the Chelsea game in the evening. I might see if I can get a couple of guests for that as well. We'll see what happens. But uh, I look forward uh, to seeing you guys enjoy what will hopefully be a big uh, game tomorrow. Manu says, a viewing recommendation from today. That's a great question. Uh, it's football day being Saturday. Let's have a quick look at the games that are on uh, around the world, or rather around Europe, because my knowledge of world football is nowhere near as much. Uh, there's FA Cup today. I'll definitely go and try. If you're a local, you can get down to an FA Cup game. Definitely go and do that if you're here in the UK. Uh, let's have a look at La Liga. Uh, La Liga, Barcelona are going to smash Almira, obviously. 
Atafe Cadiz, Cadiz rather. It's an interesting one. Bundesliga. Again, Hertha Bayern Munich. That might be an interesting game. Hoffenheim Leipzig. Serie A. Anything big in Serie A? Atalanta Napoli. That's probably the biggest clash in Europe on the continent anyway. Yeah, because Liga, nothing really going on there. Anything in the Eredivisie? No. So MLS. Oh, MLS final tonight, 8 p.m. That's certainly worth watching. Uh, so, yes, the MLS Cup tonight, uh, LAFC against, I want to say, Philadelphia Union, I think. So, yes, yeah, certainly that would be my tip for today. If you're going to watch a game, 8 p.m. UK time tonight, MLS Cup. Go and watch it. Do love a little bit of MLS. Uh, it's always interesting watching some of the old players. Carlos Vela, of course. So I think I'm going to be supporting LAFC. Sorry for our Philadelphia Union listeners. Uh, but it's the Arsenal connection there that's going to certainly take us towards that. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate your time as always. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. Uh, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.